0: This is the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the show for real estate investors, stock traders, and business owners. We help you keep more of what you earn and protect what you've
1: built. Let's get started.
0: Hey guys, Toby Mathis, and I'm joined by Stefan Whitwell, and we're gonna be going over the hidden banking crisis. Believe it or not, we are not out of the woods yet. You're still gonna have failures, and this is a dovetail to a previous video we did when the the banks were really... Going out of business. I think we had three major banks go out of business. We just had another one go out of business. Uh, they get taken over by the Fed and they get their assets absorbed by other banks. What's going on right now and what should people be afraid of and what's the reality? Because like, I only see what I, what I read in the news and it's like it's all over. It's like, oh, all the bad stuff's done. Is the bad stuff done?
1: Bad stuff's not done. The banking crisis is a slow moving train wreck that's going to be taking place for the next several years. In fact, even the last quarter, the biggest banks lost $260 billion in deposits. As banks lose these deposits, their profitability is going down. At the same time, they're saddled with a lot of commercial real estate debt that's in trouble. And on top of that, they're having to deal with new competitors in the financial space, these so-called fintech companies that are running circles around them. Banks, as I'm sure you've experienced, are often just very, very slow and not innovative. So they're they're in trouble. And the, the biggest catalyst for that is the fact that we, we live in a more transparent world today. People have figured out that, hey, the on average, banks are paying American savings accounts 0.4% interest when you could be making, should be making high fours to 5% today.
0: Yeah. So, so I, I wrote down a couple of things based off of our conversations and I wanted to go over these really quickly so that we could talk about what's going on and then what more importantly, what you can do to uh, address these issues and make sure that you don't fall victim to something that, you know, we would say is, oh, it's unexpected, but it's actually very predictable at this point. Like, like we know that there's going to be continued bank failures. The only question is how quickly and, and, and how extensive it is, and then what you can do to make sure that you don't fall victim to it. So let's go over these. We have big banks and small banks. So we saw JP Morgan, Chase, and some of these others just have massive amounts of deposits move over. Uh, are they up on their deposits or are they overall down? And then what's happening to the regional banks? Are they going to be rest in peace, and we're going to be wondering what happened to them all, or is there a way for them to recover?
1: Everybody's scrambling, and one of the reasons they're trying to keep deposits is by now kind of last-ditch efforts, saying, oh, we'll pay you more interest. But people are waking up, Toby. You know, The, the difference between 0.4% and 5% is too big of a difference. If you're a company and you've got $10 million in deposits or an individual with a million dollars in deposits, that's real money. So people are saying, hey, I'm going to take that money out of the bank and invest that in a relatively risk-free way to get a much higher rate of return. Sure. But like we talked about earlier, it's not just the interest, you've got to protect your capital. Well, let's go over that. So I have, Let's say
0: I'm a business and I have payroll and all these things and I have to keep, I mean, let's say it's a million dollars in my bank account. That bank fails. Out of the blue, they, they fail. They're just one of those, all of a sudden, I, I, I hear about a run on deposits and, and the feds close them down. What happens to my money? What happens to my million bucks?
1: Yeah. So the 250 is in theory protected and giving the government full benefit of the doubt, you're going to get access to it, but it may take a couple days. So that's problem number one, because oftentimes if suppliers or employees aren't paid immediately, there can be real world consequences to that. So you need to always have a backup plan. You mm-hmm. need to have another account. And the question is, where do you have that account? The other part of that equation is the other $750,000. Mm-hmm. It's gone? That's gone. Insurance,
0: That's- anything, nothing else is going to cover that.
1: Well, it often will take months after that to figure out how much, if anything, you're going to get above the two hundred and fifty. But if you're running a business, you don't have months to figure out what to do. Now,
0: so- the Fed stepped in, like I-, I believe, like on Silicon Bank, and they covered... Am I I incorrect? Or did they agree to cover people's deposits for an amount greater than what was insured? In
1: that case, they did because Mm -hmm. they were facing a huge risk of a massive market sell-off that Monday.
0: Yeah, because we were seeing the regional banks, especially. I mean, we did this. We were repositioning Mm -hmm. and you're spreading monies across multiple banks and multiple accounts because you didn't want to have that one account get Hey, we don't know whether you're gonna go under because you see some of these banks that are in that that range yeah. they're losing deposits. Yeah. And if a bank has a dollar, like you put a dollar in a bank, aren't they loaning that out like 90, 90 bucks or some almost all amount? of it.
1: Yeah. So the, the important thing, we talked about this a little bit last time, and that goes to your question of how do you protect your money. In a bank, all that money is commingled with everybody else's money and then invested. The way to protect it is you wanna get money into a custodial a custodial account where that money is segregated.
0: Let's break that down because there's two flavors here. Uh, and the easiest way for me to understand this is that when I put a bank deposit into a bank, it's on their asset sheet as an asset. It's their asset. So my dollar is their asset and they have a liability to me for a buck. I do that same thing, but I do it to a brokerage account. And I'm in a custodial account, which means they're holding it's almost like a safety deposit box, right? They're holding my money for me. Is that their asset anymore or is it always my asset?
1: Well, and we need to be careful because there are brokerage accounts that are non-custodial. Mm-hmm. It's really important that you put your money to protect it in a custodial account. How do you know? You've got to ask it and you've got to double check it.
0: Now, you're CFP, so you have a fiduciary responsibility to your folks. Are you using non-custodial accounts? No, right.
1: we'll only use custodial accounts.
0: All right, so here's an easy one. Go find a CFP. Right, go find a fiduciary and say, "Open up my account for me." Is is that too simplistic or is that something? No,
1: and there's there's a number of large, you know, very very good custodians out there. We happen to use Schwab, but Fidelity's another good one. There's a lot of big, you know, there's a handful of big, well-known. Now, the thing is though, you've got to make sure that you're working with their custodial account. Because some of those large institutions, they have different divisions, different branches, and you want to make sure 100% that your money's being held in a custodial, segregated account. This means your money is held separately and not mixed in with everybody else. And that means that it's yours. So let's say that Schwab goes out of business.
0: Let's say that Schwab Fidelity, somebody gets tanked, unbeknownst to us, like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's Lehman Brothers, it's whatever, right? It's, and it goes out of business. Do you get all your money back?
1: Yes. Hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Now, what about these folks that are like, well, there's still uh, FDIC insurance on, but uh, it's called something else for a, for a brokerage account. SIPC right? insurance, yeah. And it's like a million bucks or something.
1: It's it's more, but so you know, banks have some banks have entered into insurance agreements that can increase the amount of that protection, and that's helpful. But anything else, you need to pay attention to the details, right? So if you're going to be depending on a bank making a representation that they have more insurance in terms of the amount of cash that you're holding. My suggestion is that you hire somebody, or if if you have the skills to do it, that you really double check, fact check, make sure that it's right.
0: Yeah, let me give you guys a story of what happened here in Las Vegas. So there was a bank, I, I'm not going to say the name of it, but it was a popular bank here locally, had a bunch of blue bloods on the board. And it was like, yeah, big muckety mucks. There was a, a plumbing company that had about $3 million of deposits and they were worried about the bank failing. And this was back in the recession. The banker gave them a cashier's check for their deposit amount and said, here you go. If you're worried, if you, know, you have a cashier's check, it's as good as cash. If anything happens to us, you go deposit that. And gave that plumbing company the idea, the illusion that they were covered and that, because that bank went under and the feds took it over. And that cashier's check was not honored. It was still a check. And that plumbing company wasn't able to pay its employees, its vendors, and ended up, uh, I believe it went out of business. If it didn't get killed, it didn't get put out of business. It was really, really close. But it was in all the papers here because people were talking about Mm -hmm. the banker Mm -hmm. was giving them assurances, but you can't rely on the banker. I uh, I think you've used the term if you, go to the, uh, if you go to the barber they're, and you ask him, if you, do I need a haircut? <laughs> what are they going to tell you, right?
1: Yeah, it's important to keep that in mind because no matter how much you may like that person that you're, you're talking to, it's, their incentive is to, to make you happy, make you okay with the situation. But they're not going to be paying your debtors. They're not going to be paying your suppliers or your employees if something goes sideways. Y- yeah. No matter how nice they are, it's just not going to happen. So you've got to watch your back.
0: Your job is to prevent foreseeable events from disrupting your business. And this is, you really have three parties, right, with the business that you're, need, that you're worried about.
1: Yeah, you know, so you've obviously, you know, if you own a business, you got to worry about your employees, like your family, right? Two, you fought really hard to get your clients. You got to protect them too. And the third thing I want you to think about is your reputation, right? Because if there is a way that, if it was as simple as you moving your excess money into a segregated account for your business to protect it, And you didn't do that and something happened to the bank that you were working with and your business went under and all these people's lives got disrupted and you could have done something about it that's just not a situation you ever want ever find yourself in
0: and i'll say this as a asset protection attorney is that to your employees you could be personally responsible for unpaid taxes and and unpaid wages you could have exposure that that no matter what type of entity you are that you're still on the hook for and you owe it to yourself to take four, like steps to make sure that you don't have that disruption. Now, here's what some banks are doing. They're saying, hey, we're gonna take your deposits so we're gonna buy a bunch of CDs at other banks, and we're not gonna buy any CD that is greater than $250,000 at any particular bank, so in theory, all of your money is insured. But again, I just look at it and go, okay, how you're gonna get to that those funds, if you have a, if we have bank runs, and we see, because we saw three of the largest banks that have ever failed. I think we just put like two or three out of the top five. Absolutely. On the board. I think we had the largest bank failure. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, it's covered. Eh. The, <laughs> the press was, eh. no, <laughs> like if we have a bank run and you have people that you, it starts to, there's any sort of panic you're going to have, Is in my, in my, and, and I want to make sure I'm not being sensational about this, but you're going to have multiple banks go on.
1: Right. Well, Toby, the other thing is just you know whether you're an individual or a you know company owner, you got to ask yourself: Is the stress worth it? Right? Do you want to have to every week, every other day, be worried about whether that plan is still compliant? Do they still have everything they need in place for that fancy scheme to still be working? Are they okay? Is your bank losing deposits or is it gaining deposits? Like life's busy. I mean, who's got the bandwidth to do that when it could be as simple? Is simply moving your money into a segregated account where you're not faced with that issue,
0: and you can operate out of a segregated account, right? Like do you still have check writing and debit card. You and- do.
1: I will tell you that I think a, a traditional bank account, checking account, is still going to be more efficient for that. And so, just keep your balance under two hundred and fifty, and then just move money in as you need it. I what mean, if I
0: have big like payroll? Yeah, can I tie that to a, an account where I'm like, hey? Three days before I run payroll, can we move the monies over from a segregated account into it? yeah. What if the bank goes out of business during those two or three days? Like, is that your risk?
1: That's a problem, right? And and, and I I was looking at this issue recently for a client who's receiving a $10 million check. Bank wanted to hold it for five days, and everybody thought I was this mean bad guy because I was asking the simple question like, well, okay, during those five days-
0: Where's the interest, right? Is
1: it a risk? You know, what can we do to protect that money?
0: <laughs> and who am I getting paid for it? There's interest on that 10 million. It's not a small Well, amount. that's
1: another pet peeve of mine too. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't take five days to clear a check. In my opinion today, you got Fed now that eventually speed it up. You've got fintechs that are way faster, but it just, mm-hmm. it bothers me when, when I hear them say, well, it takes five days to clear a check. No, it doesn't.
0: What they're saying is I want to use your money and I want to multiply it. I'm going to use fractional banking and I'm going to loan that out to they're probably giving it back to the Fed getting an interest on that one in their overnight window, right? Okay. But long story short, let's not get too far off track is you believe that the banking crisis is not over, that we're going to see more bank failures. And we're sitting here in 2023 or 2023, we're sitting here at the end of summer and you're looking at the fall, We're, we're hopefully at a Fed pause. But we're not in a pivot where it's not lowering, right? So the cost of money is really high. And these banks, a lot of them didn't hedge. They have bonds that are, at, that are not marketable. That's Let's right. Let's just be real. And the Fed came in and said, hey, we will loan you money on those. That's a temporary fix, right? So are we sitting on a ticking time bomb with these banks?
1: That's a great point, Toby. So you've got, they've got uh, issues on their balance sheet, losses on their bonds. And what makes that worse is that their deposits are leaving. If their deposits were permanent, then they could just wait that out. Eventually, they'd get paid by the government. But people are waking up and they're saying, hey, I don't want to get paid so little on my cash that's sitting there. And a lot of people are saying, I've seen this happen, Toby, in the last week, a couple clients pulling their money and suddenly their bankers on the phone saying, hey, we'll, we'll pay you more. Yeah. But the problem is that confidence is lost. A lot of people are saying, hey, you know what? You didn't have my back. You're only paying me more now because I'm leaving. And <laughs>
0: It's not even the return on my investment, right? It's the old adage. It's the return of my investment That's right. in the bank. It's at risk. You know, it's at risk. You've seen banks fail now. So now, you know, like you can't say, oh, I never saw this coming. When Silicon bank toppled over, people were like, oh, we didn't know. We never saw it coming. Now, you know, we've seen some major bank failures since then. We're going to see more. The only question is, is your money at risk? What are the institutions that have custodial accounts where I could go to? I know you named a couple, Schwab and Fidelity, but is this Morgan Stanley, Merrill? Uh, is it most brokerage accounts? Wh- what is the custodial account? What are the different places?
1: Yeah, So it, 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 and unfortunately, this is where you probably want to call an advisor to help you on this because some of these large financial institutions, Toby, have so many different divisions, some of which are not custodial. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to be clear when navigating that. Some of them have hybrid models, and unfortunately, there's no shortcut. You really got to do your homework. But the good news is, there are a number of firms out there that where your money will be a lot safer. The other catalyst to your question is commercial real estate. Yeah, it's a it's a different conversation entirely. But banks have debt on their books that is, you know, a lot of these assets are in trouble. Occupancy is down 50%, interest rates are up substantially, and these loans are gonna be coming due.
0: In the next three years, I think we have $1.5 trillion worth of commercial loans that are gonna reset, that if they reset at higher interest rates, because just keep in mind they're probably four or 5% a few years ago, now they're looking at seven, 8%. Or higher. Yeah, you're talking about doubling the cost of debt and a business or a building that already is losing people and is already suffering and now, all of a sudden, you just increase the cost of their debt by doubling it. That's going to put a lot of people under. You're going to have a lot of uh, yeah. notes that institutions or groups that own these assets are probably just going to
1: quit now they're it. not going to you know I, I think there's going to be a concerted effort to keep some of this out of the headlines because there's going to be this this sense of well, we want to protect people. we don't want people to panic, and so there's going to be a real effort to i don't want to say cover it up, but kind of hush hush some of the bank failures through. What, what often doing. Forced mergers? So often a regulator will come to a bank and say, "Hey, you either merge with another bank, or we're taking you over." And you know, and so it, it avoids the headlines when it's that's like structured Swiss. as a merger, right. but really it was we're pulling the plug.
0: Yeah, you you see banks that are in peril, and then they yeah. say, "Oh, UBS gets Credit Suisse, right?" And, that's that's exactly and, right. You know, it's like yeah. okay, you know. You're, oh, we're not really going to talk about what happened. <laughs> all the bondholders got toasted.
1: And that right? was a huge one. That was huge. Well, there's been some- There's really going to be a lot ones. of smaller, medium-sized ones. Maybe that the just Fed gets- comes
0: to the rescue in some of the cases and comes in and, and bails yeah. some people out. But at the end of the day, it's disruptive to your business. And by the way, it's very predictable and it's very easy to solve. What Stefan just said is get some custodial accounts and don't put all your eggs in one basket, which is really good advice. But- and I'll, and I'll I'll just leave this bread trail for, for another video, there are going to be opportunities, especially in the world of commercial, because you're going to see massive amounts of failures and you're going to see just in the lending world as a whole, there's going to be opportunities for investors to participate. Significant. Significant. All right. Thanks for uh, coming in today. And, you bet. And uh, it, it, you know what? If you're going to scare some people and say, hey, these things are coming down, at least you gave them real life, easy solutions that they could implement to protect themselves and their businesses and make sure that Uh, they're not hurt. So I really appreciate that.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Show
0: notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode.